could Justice John Roberts rule to get rid of the Second Amendment? Well, we know the answer is no, but it is 2020. We got rid of a peaceful protest for lockdowns, but not for Black Lives Matter or Antifa, which weren't peaceful. They were riots. But freedom of religion. We got rid of peaceable assembly. We got rid of whatever the case may be. Nothing makes sense anymore. But we're going to explore the reasons why a Donald Trump reelection is probably necessary, even if you didn't like him. It's not a bad thing to think, hey, an election win for the GOP could be a wedge against burning cars and being shot at. And also we get into the payroll tax cut and what that means for you. It's the Adrian Slade Show. The presidential motorcade was just passed through heavy crowds in downtown Dallas. Destroying the media lies and dismantling the narratives. One story at a time. It's the Adrian Slade Show. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. I want to tell you about a dream I had last night. And no, it wasn't some prophecy of, you know, horses racing means Donald Trump's going to win the presidency, none of that stuff. But it was really interesting because it kind of made me really kind of go off on a tangent about why I would vote for Donald Trump this time around. It was it was funny. It was like I was at something like a mall or something like that. And we were packing some stuff up in the car and a big, a big Trump supporter friend of mine back in 2016 was walking up to the back of the car, and he slides in to the hatchback, which was, I was going, that's kind of odd. What's he doing in the back of my car like that? And he's like, hey, do you mind if I get a ride? And he pulls out a gun and sticks it to my head and said, are you voting for Donald Trump? And I was like, because he knew I didn't vote in 2016 for him. Um, I, and I had valid reasons. There was no record. We had, you know, some of the stuff he said here and there on record um, about, you know, uh, donating to Democrats and, you know, whatever the case may be. But there was absolutely no record. And I thought it was a vanity project. You know, I thought, hey, I can be president and check that off my list. And we I didn't know we were going to get the the regulatory cuts that we were going to get. I didn't know we were going to get the the tax cuts we were going to get a Jerusalem embassy. None of that. So I wasn't 100 percent on board. But, you know, in the dream, I look at him, I'm like, um, I'm voting for him, this guy, for this time. Because why? Why would I vote for this guy this time around? Um, well, probably because here's what's going to happen if you don't. You're going to get an executive order by whoever's president, President Biden. He's going to be, Corn Pop Biden's going to be out there writing an executive order, eliminating the Second Amendment. And you go, hey, Mr. Slade, it's a constitutional right. How could he do that? It's 2020. Have you not seen? No one's followed the Constitution. Heck, we might even have Chief Justice Roberts get in there and decide to remove the Second Amendment. You know, he's going to go, well, they said it's a a well-regulated militia and uh, we need to uh, only allow the well-regulated to have the guns, even though well-regulated means just a group of people who are uh, proficient in their arms and are gathered together in in a good fashion. It has nothing to do with being regulated by the government, but that's what the left always says. And maybe Chief Justice Roberts would say that. Maybe he would say, well, we need a well-regulated militia, and, you know, you don't need a gun. I mean, the founders didn't foresee, you know, efficient guns. They they thought they had muskets. They didn't foresee technology advancing to the point where, you know, technological advances will allow your weapon to reload quicker so you can be more efficient. You didn't have to sit there and stuff the barrel of a freaking gun with powder. You know what I mean? Think about the scenario in protection of yourself, your, your home. You know, it's the middle of the night. 
you know, you hear breaking the window and there's like steps and you're like, Oh my gosh, I think somebody's in my house. So you go to your safe and sit there and flip, you know, two numbers forward, three numbers backwards, whatever the case may be, you finally get the safe open and then you take out your gun and then this person starts going, getting closer. And so you start packing it with powder. You better hope he doesn't catch you packing it with powder and take you out. And once you have your gun filled with powder, you better be a hell of a shot because you only got one shot before you have to sit down, start packing it again. That's the reason why we have semi-automatic weapons, boys and girls. But, you know, the founders, they didn't foresee technology advancing. Actually, they did. The reason why they came up with the idea of the Second Amendment was to have more people armed than the government. But, and you can go look at, uh, I think it's Federal, Federalist 45, 48, something like that. It's, it's my buddy, you know, uh, uh, Madison, my favorite founder. But maybe Justice Roberts would just decide from the bench, yeah, we need to get rid of that. And then Brett Kavanaugh will, will write the dissent, but it'll be kind of like, you know, well, he's kind of got a point. Justice Roberts got a little bit of a point there. No, he doesn't, but, you know, that's what we're going to run into. And then... After they've done that, they're going to decide, hey, let's put a Section 8 housing project right next, you know, in the cornfield right next to your subdivision out there in the suburbs. And, you know, your quiet subdivision is now going to be able to be redrawn into new districts because of the new population of low-income housing that we decided to shove in your backyard. And, you know, they're going to shuffle around the vote because they're going to most likely vote Democrat, which is going to change the voting districts, which is going to change the makeup of the state, which will probably flip your state from red to blue. And your quaint little cul-de-sac. Yeah, that's going to become a new autonomous zone. Chaz, cul-de-sac of whatever. I don't know. So uh, they're going to have your cul-de-sac now is going to secede from the union and be an anarchist hellhole. They're going to spray paint Black Lives Matter in the court. And then you better support them. Because some guy who looks like a young Lou Frigno wearing a pink dress who is fighting fascism, so he's cool. They're going to come out there and they're going to roll up with a pack of militant trans individuals dressed in all black with swinging bike locks. And they're going to pull you out of your home. And they're going to make you bow and oil the feet of the Black Lives Matter rioters, you know? And if you exercise your now rescinded Second Amendment rights in order to defend yourself, they're going to take your guns away. You know, maybe they've walked on your property and you go out there with a gun that may not even work, but you're doing it to say, hey, get off my lawn, you know? Well, they're going to take those guns away from you, even though they can't constitutionally do that. But, you know, Roberts rescinded the Constitution, it's gone, or an executive order. I mean... So maybe you're trying to drive out of your new autonomous zone cul-de-sac and you're driving your little young one, you know, to school. But schools aren't closed because of COVID-19, the Chinese Wuhan coronavirus. So you're going to have to drive him to the YMCA where he can sit with all his classmates in daycare and they can zoom in to school because they're trying to save the health of the teacher Never mind the YMCA employees. I guess they're okay. And they don't, you know, maybe they were Black Lives Matter rioters, so they're exempt from coronavirus. You know, they got the coronavirus exemption from protesting. I don't know. But they're going to be able to sit around and watch your kid and manage them because the teachers, oh, they were too busy, you know, um, 
but they were too worried about their health. They might die. So they've drafted their wills and decided to take tombstones and lay on the campus to have a die-in to show that teachers, they, their health will be at risk. Never mind the Home Depot, Walmart, Target people. Nah, they might have been protesters too, I guess. So those individuals, while you're trying to drive your kid out so that those individuals stay safe and you're taking your kid to the YMCA, maybe you get your, your tires shot out, you know? And maybe at that point, in self-defense, you shoot back and the guy who shot your tires out succumbs to his injuries. Well, then they'll just try you in court <laughs> and then they'll rebuild maybe one of your inoperable guns that you use as a scare tactic and they'll charge you for murder and rebuild the gun to show, oh, this is a murderous weapon, even though it was probably okay for you to own. And if they don't get the desired result that they want, eh, we'll try it two, three, four times. Yeah, double jeopardy? Eh, it doesn't matter anymore. Maybe we'll bring on extra judges and the extra judges will bring lawyers up too, right, General Flynn? You know, and we'll just keep trying this thing until we get the desired uh, result that we want. And then we have to remember that President Trump is going to keep being brought out on stage um, until if he loses, uh, he secedes or he uh, he concedes to his his successor. Um, they're going to keep shooting at the White House and they're going to keep pulling him into the Secret Service room. And their media is going to try to bump up his ego to the point where he's going to be like, I don't even want to go in the bunker because I need to show that I'm strong. Well, what happens when you get a John Hodgkinson guy, you know, a Bernie bro that decides he wants to gun down one sixth of the congressional staff, one sixth of the congressional representatives uh, at a baseball field. Maybe he wants to step into the, the West Wing, you know? I mean, these are the things you have to think about. You have to remember the Bernie Sanders campaign director who was busted on a Project Veritas video, an undercover video. It was like, we secretly replaced his soy latte with Sanka. Let's see what happens next. And he's out there talking about, oh, this year we're going to make it look like 1978. It's going to make 1978 look like the Girl Scouts. It was 1968, you moron. They don't even know history. They don't know that the riots happened in 68, not 78. But you know what? No one taught them history. They're out there toppling abolitionist statues and statues of legendary guitarists because they thought Stevie Ray Vaughan was a Confederate general. The idiots. So, you know, I'm kind of fine with this whole, uh, this whole executive order thing. And I know that sounds funny because, you know, as conservatives, we have to, we have to reject any use of the executive order. Um, not when it's actually legally permissible. You know, I'm fine with it. The legislative process, that's been handed over to the Supreme Court because Congress was too afraid to be on the record of taking any stances. If we get Congress, uh, constitutional results from an executive order, especially if it's legally allowable, so be it. I mean, no one's following the Constitution anyways. I mean, for those who are saying, it's no fun when the rabbits got the gun, well, we're the rabbits now, and we got the freaking gun. Obamacare, DACA, all unconstitutional, and all passed further by the Supreme Court decisions. When did you see the possibility of an executive order by one president being overturned by the next president, as rightfully so as it should be, and then the courts step in and go, nah, you can't turn over the prior president's executive order. Uh, really? How did that happen? 
I mean, the the political game should be to get back to the Constitution, get back to constitutionality. But we're over here playing this game of, hey, I'm following the Constitution, and they're over there playing this game of communism in America. And we're letting them win because we're afraid to fight on the battlefield that they have laid out for us. We're fighting on this other battlefield that no one gives a crap about. So it's now time to use the rules of the game to get to constitutional results. And then we move back to the way things should be operating with constitutional means. That's kind of where I'm at with all this, you know? I mean, it's like, and I'm going to go through this here in just a second, the payroll tax, the withholding, the freezing of the withholding. And I'm going to tell you some things that you're going to want to keep in mind for your own personal self, and I hope you share them with your friends. But, you know, I hate executive orders, but if we have to spend things on their head in favor of us, so be it. I mean, Obama executive ordered the hell out of us, and the courts upheld all his crap. And so we lose. And when a new president comes in, he should be able to remove them, and those rules aren't being applied equally. And so I'm not saying adopt their rules, but recognize that no one is playing on the battlefield of the Constitution. So I'm trying to wrap my head around uh, the setting aside of withholding, which I'm going to get to because I did some studying on it, and I think you all need to know what's going on with that. But one thing you have to think about is he's pushing for the opening of free markets. He's pushing for capital to flow freely. And what could be wrong with that? Nothing. So, you know... When we get into the payroll tax uh, withholding, there's legal justifications on this. So when they say, oh, well, Trump, you know, he can't just write legislation. He isn't. The Treasury has the authority under Section 7508A, go look that up, to delay tax payments for up to a year during a presidentially declared disaster. Now, the presidential, presidentially declared disaster was declared in March. And being that being the case, Secretary Mnuchin was then given the go-ahead to say, hey, um, it's either a disaster that has been declared, a terrorist attack, or some sort of military intervention. You know, that was declared on March 13th. The coronavirus pandemic was declared a national emergency under the Robert T. Stafford Disaster Relief and Emergency Assistance Act, and the Treasury is directed to issue guidance to implement the order and to explore ways to ultimately eliminate the obligation to pay the uh, deferred taxes. Now, employers have already been doing that. 50% of the portion of their payroll tax payments uh, have been delayed until December 31st. What you have to realize is you're going to get, if you're under 104000 in salary uh, a year, your payroll tax is going to be suspended. Now, it's not going to just disappear, and you're going to get a bigger check, but don't think you can go out and just start spending it willy-nilly. You're going to want to think of a couple things here before you get to that, because it's only delayed, and if President Trump gets elected, he has the ability with Congress... And he said he's urged to pass legislation because only Congress can forgive the payroll tax. And so what President Trump has done is played a game of chicken. 
He has decided to suspend the payroll tax, so you're going to get more money in your paycheck. The employer is going to get more money to spend. More money is going to circulate through the economy, but you have to realize you better be prepared for a Biden win or an inept House of Representatives, an inept Senate, an inept Congress, as we always get. But there is some optics to it that may cause one to sway the other way. If Trump gets reelected and then everyone looks at how much money they were pulling in from the payroll tax cut and he goes to Congress and says, hey, are you going to make all these people pay this money back? I mean, it's your money first. They, they're trying to take it. Now, they, they, originally, they take it out of your paycheck before you even see it. Now, they're trying to take it after the fact. Are you going to give it up to them? That politically looks bad, and I think Congress would have to weigh those options out. Either they're going to try to make Trump look bad about his decision to do this, or they're going to look like, oh, crap, uh, we're going to make people pay all this money who have been spending it just to stay alive. Let's just forgive that. That's not printing money. That's you keeping your money, and it's president. It's legally allowed for the president to do this. So that's where things come to a head. But for my advice to you, do one or two things. Either look at your pay stubs all the way up until August and find out how much you've already put in withholding. Find out how much you already put in in Medicare and all that. But withholding is going to be important. So find out how much you already did. You could do one of two things. You can either look at the amount that was taken out for withholding, and when you get your paycheck, and if you're one that qualifies and that money's taken out, take that aside, put it in savings, don't touch it. Or maybe if you've got a way to put it in a vehicle that will save on a short-term basis with interest, maybe you can make some money off of that. But take that money, set it aside, don't touch it, spend as you normally spend. And if you want to take it a step further, take last year's tax returns. If everything is the same, your income hasn't really changed. It may have gone up a percentage or so. You know, uh, you got to factor in the fact that if you've gotten the standard deduction, that's going to increase next year. Um, if you have children, there's going to be credits that reduce your tax. Um, but you want to look at last year's federal withholding and last year's total tax. You know, when they take whatever adjusted gross income and go, okay, let's put it on the tax table, see how much you owe versus how much you've paid in on your withholding. That's where you get your refund. Or if you didn't pay enough in withholding, that's where you get your liability. So if you really want to narrow it down and say you get a couple thousand in, uh, in refunds because you've put too much in withholding, you can find a way to calculate it down and take that money from the payroll tax uh, freeze the difference of that and use that as extra income for spending. That's what I would recommend. So, but just don't go spending it, put it aside, see what happens around election time. And if Donald Trump gets elected, which hopefully he will, because then we will have another four years of craziness from the left, but we're not going to have them destroying the country from the inside. And so hold on to whatever the extra is see where it goes, and then, hey, if they turn around and say, well, we're going to forgive it, you got a nice little nest egg, you know? So I just wanted to give you guys an update on that. Um, but, yeah, I plan on plan voting for Trump for that simple reason. He's not trying to kill us. Back in a moment. 
This is Adrian Slade. Adrian Slade Broadcast. All right, I think we need to speak a little bit about what happened in Beirut. In the port in Beirut, there was two explosions. They're trying to say it was a firework factory, but obvious fi- obviously fireworks, bottle rockets are not going to have that kind of effect. But if you saw this video, it was devastating. So there was a building and you saw an explosion and there was smoke and, you know, it was billowing out for a while. And then all of a sudden, boom, there was this gigantic explosion. You saw this big vapor cloud and some people said, oh, it was a nuclear weapon because look at the mushroom cloud. That wasn't a mushroom cloud, but... It was right on the port, right on the water. It pulled that water vapor up and shot it everywhere. And the effects of this blast were tremendous. Blew out windows, knocked people to the ground. A hundred plus people were killed. We're going to think of those people in our thoughts and prayers. But a lot of people are speculating that this might have been Hezbollah. Now, Hezbollah is an Iranian-backed terrorist group. And we've talked about there's Hamas, there's Hezbollah. Hamas is embedded in, uh, in Palestine. They're usually taken on Israel. Um, Hezbollah is littered throughout the Middle East, and it's also littered through our southern border. That's right. They're down in Venezuela, which we can talk about in a little bit because Nicolas Maduro is doing stuff with Hezbollah, letting them run wild. But they usually go through Brazil, although that's been tightening down with the new Brazilian leader, thank God. But they usually go through uh, South and Central America, and they run up through the Darien Gap in Panama, and they get brought up through Guatemala and El Salvador. And then that's when we have these runs on the southern border that go through Mexico. The drug cartels link up with Hezbollah. Hezbollah provides weapons to the, and training to the drug cartel. The drug cartel provides Hezbollah with safe passage through Hezbollah brings over the poppies and things that can be made into heroin and what have you, while MS-13 brings over the child trafficking and what have you across the border. It's a nice little uh, symbiotic relationship they have there. So we've got that going on. But Hezbollah has been known to be responsible for what was going on in Beirut. This is from the Daily Mail. Explosives expert claims Beirut explosion that killed 160 were caused by burning military missiles, not ammonium nitrate. Now, the thing about the ammonium nitrate aspect of the story was that in Russia, a Russian ship, I think back in 2007, uh, or maybe even 2010, something like that, was docked in Beirut. The problem is they went bankrupt, and they didn't know what to do with the ship. They just left it there. Now, Hezbollah, from what I understand, may have found an interest in it and decided to take that uh, you know, ammonium nitrate and store it in a facility. Because, again, you have to remember that the majority of the government is run by Hezbollah. So, but what they're saying is that there is a possible weapons cache that Iran was going to use. And so there is uh, Robert Baer. He's a former CIA operative. He described on CNN... Um, He's described as having extensive experience in the Middle East, and he said that the video of that explosion indicated that ammonium nitrate may have been present in the warehouse, but the chemical was not responsible for that second blast. Rather, Bear thinks that there is military munitions and propellants present and speculated that it could have been a weapons cache. Quote, you look at that orange ball of fire, and it's clear that that's a military explosive. 
Now, the developments beyond that are crazy because you had 16 port, you know, officials, port uh, agents, they were arrested. And then the entire cabinet and prime minister resigned from Lebanon. They all resigned. And then there's videos of some gallows. And they're alluding to the fact that if these cabinet members, uh, anyone connected with the explosion is caught, they're going to hang them. Something we don't do here in America, but they're going to hang them. Um, it's a developing story, but it's something you should be worried about because Hezbollah is a big deal. Like I said, Hezbollah is all throughout the Middle East and also South America. And Nicolas Maduro is given safe haven. This is from the, from the U.S. Embassy.gov uh, website itself. Nicolas Maduro, leader of Venezuela, is um, welcoming terrorist groups. The Maduro regime encourages international terrorist groups to run free in Venezuela, according to a report by the U.S. Department of State. The 2019 Country Reports on Terrorism, released on June 24th, documents Colombian and religious terrorist organizations inside Venezuela that are not only permitted to operate in the country, but encouraged to stay there by the illegitimate leader, Nicolas Maduro. Maduro and his associates use criminal activities to help maintain their Ill illegitimate hold on power, fostering a permissive environment known for terrorist groups, the report said, including dissidents of the Revolutionary Armed Forces of Colombia, the Colombian Origin National Liberation Army, and Hezbollah sympathizers. So while Juan Guiardo is supposedly the leader of uh, Venezuela, and you can go back to our Venezuelan uh, special on that, back in the archives. Nicolas Maduro is trying to maintain his power by allowing terrorist organizations to flourish through their country. Now, that's what is worrisome to us because of what I laid out about how they move from South America through Central America into Mexico. And they, from my understanding, they wanted to do what happened in Beirut to a weapons cache in Israel. So it's a developing story. What It's not a bottle rocket factory. It's not fireworks. This was something more insidious and it's something we, um, you know, we should be worried about real quick before we go. Um, we need to say a prayer for Canon Hennett. This story was really, it's not getting any news media attention like it should. There is a GoFundMe page, but basically the gist of the story is there was a neighbor. Um, he had a little bit of a, a neighborly relationship with, the, uh, mother, uh, the father of this child, five-year-old, he's out there riding on his bike, playing with his uh, seven- and eight-year-old sisters. He rides into his neighbor's lawn. The neighbor comes out. He's 20, 23 years old, puts a gun to his head, and kills him while he's riding his bike. I mean, the kid probably wanted to watch Paw Patrol with his, you know, with his sisters, you know? I mean, he, he probably pronounces thirsty as thirsty, you know? And now... He's dead. His family, devastated for, for life. His two sisters, their future, completely scarred. It's a horrific story, but it's not getting the media attention that it should. I wanted to give a little bit of light to Cannon Hennant. The last name is H-I-N-N-A-N-T. There's a GoFundMe page. Um, so if you can donate, that would be awesome. And uh, I think this family needs it for such a tragic... I mean, I've got a four-year-old, so I can relate closely to this. It, it hits home. It's a gut punch, and it's a really sad story. So I just wanted you guys to be 
aware of that. And if you can help out in any way, um, do so by finding the GoFundMe page. I'm Adrian Slade. Thanks for tuning in. You can check out the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, Spreaker, TuneIn. Uh, find us on Roku. We're going to update the Roku channel here very soon. You can also check out the blog, adriansladeshow.com. Donate, anchor.fm, or you can donate at Patreon, patreon.com. We'll see you guys next time.